welcome back to another episode of The Record Spinner with Noel. I don't know if I told this story before, but that with Noel, it comes from uh, the uh, Earl Sweatshirt and Knowledge podcast um, that they used to do on Red Bull Radio which was known as the Stay Indoors podcast. It was like more like a playlist, a live playlist. It was really cool, um, really awesome stuff. So yeah, welcome back. I have on the turntable tonight one of my favorite, all-time favorite records in my collection still to this day, over 500 records, and this one is... A classic, man. Just an absolute classic record, and it's kind of going to be the it's kind of going to be the topic of tonight as well, uh, which we'll dive in a little later. But we're going to get into it. Uh, the record on the turntable is Sun Ra and his Intergalactic Orchestra. I believe he has so many orchestras. Um, I think it's the Intergalactic version this time. It is Sleeping Beauty. Classic, classic record. Love it so much. Um, I, I turned it down just a smidget, so you may not be able to hear, hear it as good, but um, I suggest you check it out nonetheless. Um, just such a melodic, peaceful piece of music uh, with a little bit of weirdness here and there, but not too much. Sun Ra is known for the weirdness, but, you know, uh, we love him black people we have to love him um yeah we have to love this guy the one of the founding fathers of the newly minted genre of afrofuturism we're gonna get into that in a bit but uh great musician pianist um, composer etc 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 one of my absolute favorite all-time records um I found this copy back in 2015 at, I can't, I don't think it was some I found this record. I think I found this online, Discogs. Shout out to whoever I bought it from. I'm sure I have the history in my Discogs account, but I'm not going to go there to check it out. So shout out to whoever you are. So in the news, in the vinyl news, rest in peace to Alex Trebet host of the widely popular, widely famous Jeopardy game show. I learned many a lessons from uh, that show, and of course, like everyone else out there, I'm sure uh, I had a moment in time where I thought I could be Rosie Perez and White Man Can't Jump, and I thought I could go on the show, you know, uh, and, and win. Um, I'm sure I couldn't though. Those those guys are trivia trivia geniuses, and I'm like a trivia amateur at best, probably. Um, I know some random stuff, but yeah, that Jeopardy is a different different breed. Anyway, I say rest in peace to Alex Trebek because, like my show, all things vinyl related, um, a picture is now floating around the web with him and his record collection. And uh, and I, I, I just think it's pretty awesome. I, I'm certain he had some gems in there. Uh, I would imagine with a, with a guy of his stature, 
um, and his knowledge base being kind of all over the place, I would imagine his record collection is quite the same. My record collection is very, uh, it's, it's very, I, I would even say basic. Uh, I have the big three, I like to call it, the big three genres. And uh, that is jazz, R&B, and rock. Those are my big three, and um, and yeah, pretty much keep it keep it with those three. I, I don't do too much of the uh, of anything else. I, I delve into electronica a little bit. I delve into uh, to uh, country a little bit, old country, of course, not new stuff. I delve into hip hop a lot, um, which is you know, of course, to be expected. Um, and of course I delve into like, you know, pop in and out, uh, mostly 80s stuff though, if it's going to be pop. So yeah. Anyway, changing topics now, like I said, rest in peace, Alex Trebet. Recent grabs, recent grabs. The verdict's still out on, uh, my doom stuff. I, I emailed them today and, uh, apparently they're dealing with COVID, um, backups and and i think that's the new excuse right we we always have an excuse in this capitalist capitalistic society um to kind of pin the the tail on whatever the the moment is causing and i think currently right uh, it's it it's covid you know currently it's uh uh everything is being blamed on covid i don't i didn't do my homework covid uh i did <laughs> why didn't i finish my job assignment covid you know like it's, it's it's everything's covid so i totally understand and shout out to doom's people for getting back to me so quickly um with uh with that answer so i'm still waiting on uh on black bastards and operation doomsday operation doomsday being one of my absolute favorites um black bastards being a project that i'm not too familiar with seeing as how that's pre-doom um and what i mean by pre-doom is it's just pre the mask um it's it's a group that he was in called kmd and uh and it's it's heralded as one of the uh one of the quintessential doom projects but of course it's you know pre-doom so I uh, haven't gotten that far, so I'm excited to experience that on the turntable, and uh, I will update you guys once I get it. In other news, the recent grab that I was supposed to be reporting on tonight was Cherry Jam, and that is by Don Cherry, of course, um, the legendary uh, trumpet player and uh, cornet player. I think he played the flugelhorn. Um amazing amazing musician uh unreleased records cherry jam has on it so i'm excited to get it i'm kind of weary about its existence though because when my package arrived it was dexter gordon so imagine my disheartment when i opened the package and it was dexter gordon staring back at me and not don cherry's flugelhorn or trumpet i was a little upset but Dexter Gordon's amazing also, but I'm not going to keep the record. So I contacted the uh, the seller um, and we are getting it sorted out. So I will have a recent purchase next week um, to talk about. I'll have a few actually next week to talk about. I ordered a, I ordered a few new records from uh, Pure Pleasure and Mr. Bongo. Uh, Mr. Bongo being one of my favorites of the bunch. You should check out both Pure Pleasure and Mr. Bongo for any records you want to buy or online. 
they are the best. And I'm doing this all free. I haven't contacted them. They haven't contacted me. I don't have enough listeners. I don't have enough sponsors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is all free. I'm just telling you this for your benefit, not mine. <laughs> all right. And with that, the main event, the main topic, Sun Ra. I wrote an article recently. Sorry, I'm trying to get adjusted here. I wrote an article recently uh, on my website. You can check it out on at therecordspinner.com. I wrote a few articles recently, and I, I put a few up, uh, only a few, uh, two. Uh, one uh, explaining this guy who we're listening to tonight, Sun Ra, and uh, his relationship with one of my favorite writers, uh, Henry Dumas. Um, before I explain their relationship, I'll just tell you about my love of Sun Ra. Um, this record in particular, I always have to play when the seasons change. And so we're going into, uh, we're, we're coming out of the summer into the fall. Well, we're, we're knee deep in fall, but still, um, it, 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 the weather's finally changing here in D.C. And so I, I, I had to put this on the turntable tonight. Uh, it's just such an amazing record to listen to. Um, springtime is, oh man, it's, it's all the feels. I have to play it every spring when, when this, when the seasons change from fall and, or from winter into the spring. And it's just one of those records that kind of, I think it, it holds your hand as you're walking into the new season. It's kind of like a blessing from the ancestor Sun Ra. I'm excited to own this record. I, this is one of those like relics though, that I hope to pass down to my kids and, and I hope that they enjoy it as much as I do. Um, we'll see, though, right? So Sun Ra is known for his music and his philosophy and his uh, approach to music. And not only music, but his approach to blackness and black people. Um, he has a, a, a real aura around him as he's one of those last artists who... In my opinion, um, you don't really know. There's no concrete knowledge of his origin or his upbringing or anything like that. You can read his wiki. You can read his website. All of his, his, his estate doesn't really put out any information. It's, it's really one of those last. He's one of those last artists that kind of have that mystique about him, right? So I think he played off that a little bit. And he has what I like to call... An interesting story. Um, claims to be from another world. Claims to be from somewhere else. And in uh, 1979 uh, or 1974, it was 1974, Black Exploitation film uh, entitled Space is the Place. He kind of plays off this a little bit. Um, and he co-wrote this film. And this film is just, it's just all over the place when it comes to, to blackness and black futurism. It's it's heralded as being a, a, a film that kind of ushers in this genre, honestly, um, along with his music, which is not like this record. It's a little bit more spacey, a lot of his other stuff. It's a lot more space-aged jazz. And when I say space-aged jazz, I mean free jazz with a lot of like very um, untamable, un almost unimaginable concepts when you hear it it's it's i would say it's unlistenable but i think that would be an insult um it's listenable if you are on the right psychedelics and if if you are um if you're in the right mind state of course 
Um, so I would encourage everyone to check out uh, Sun Ra's body of work, all of it, um, and, and familiarize yourself. But yeah, let's get back into this film. So the 1974 classic black exploitation film. Um, a little bit about black exploitation, if you don't know, it goes through a lot of phases with black people. So when it first hit the scene, um, movies weren't doing that well in Hollywood, fun fact. And um, and black exploitation is is regarded as one of those uh, uh, subgenres in movies in in Hollywood to kind of bring Hollywood back, and it did with movies like Shaft and movies like Cotton Goes to Harlem and movies like The Mac and movies like um, what's one of my favorites? I mean, these are all recent watches of mine so uh my favorites i'll have to get back to you with um i'll have to make a list i might do that in next episode make like a little list of my favorite black exploitation films but the mac is definitely on there and uh shaft is f- certainly on there but oh and how can i forget um uh superfly superfly is the one that was on the top of my head uh superfly is one of my all-time favorites i mean um and so I, I encourage you to, if you don't know anything about black exploitation, just jump right in. And this genre catches a lot of flack in the black community because when it's when it first starts to happen, when it first jumps on a scene, it looks a little coonish or crazy or stereotypical of, of the black plight. So there's a lot of black drug dealers, black whores, black pimps, black everything. Right, and these are just feeding the stereotypes of what we think inner city life is like during this time in the early 70s and mid 70s. Um, and you have leaders who come out and speak adamantly against it and, and against its existence and talk about how it's, it's doing a detriment to the black community. What I've come to find though is that like all things in the black community and in black life is everything cyclical. So. Black people, we get in this, we get in this, uh, this mind state, or we get in this, we get on this hamster wheel almost, of is it right or is it wrong? Is it good or is it bad? So, with black exploitation, it's, it's it doesn't change there. Um, after like the '80s, and then and we emerge into the '90s, and a little bit more of uh, accept of American exceptionalism in the black community, uh, we realize that uh, actually black exploitation actually has a place and it's actually really valued and it's supposed to be a relic of the black community. Um, and we treat it as such, essentially. Um, fast forward a little later and now it's not just a relic, but you find a lot in the conscious community going back to these classics like the Mac and Superfly to find almost like find find meaning um if you will to to the underlying message of these films and the underlying message of almost all of these black exploitation films is to better the black race or to find a way to subvert if you will um the black plight under white supremacy with black power and i think those messages are needed and awesome and not bad at all. Those are positive messages, even though you have them in industries that are not positive, like in Superfly, he's a drug dealing pimp, right? That's not a, a positive lifestyle, but the, the underlying notion that 
he's beat the game and he's able to to live a lifestyle or live a uh, live in a certain way um, due to the same exploitation, unfortunately, that we all suffer under white supremacy. We just don't have it. We're, we're not on the streets selling ass, but essentially we all are whores and pimps in some weird way. Uh, that's just how it works. Um, and so what you get is, again, like how black life is in America is a microcosm of what white supremacy does to us, what it, it, what it forces us to live under. And you have uh, this this image of the black person or the black man being supposedly, suppo- we're supposed to think of it as being amoral or immoral, uh, meaning bad. Um, but again, uh, I think if you read through the lines a little bit, you see that it's not actually bad. It's, 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 it's at worst amoral. But it's an anti-hero story, essentially, all of them. Um, so, again, I suggest you check these out. Uh, they're all amazing films, uh, really great gripping stories if you're into it. Um, again, really raunchy and low-budget like effects and, and, and themes, but um, nonetheless amazing, amazing stories behind them. Sun Ra did one. Back in 1974, Space is the Place. This black exploitation movie was different from all the others and, and different in the sense that it focused on black people leaving Earth. So the premise of this movie is Sun Ra being from another planet. It opens with Sun Ra on that other planet explaining how he felt like black people should be given an opportunity to do things on their own planet. This is a theme that we see with uh, with a back-to-Africa approach or a pan-African approach to, uh, to black life in America with the great Marcus Garvey. Uh, I have a tattoo of the black star on my right arm or my left arm i can't tell my right from my left that's crazy my left arm and that is a symbolism of not only the first african nation i visited which is ghana but also the black star line which he invented to take black people back to africa it never saw fruition but i think what this film does what sun ross film spaces the place does i think he plays with that theme of not back to africa but back to where you originally belong, and that is the stars, the heavens. And in this movie, he meets a few uh, wild characters that he uh, intermingles with and eventually converts into uh, taking back with him among the stars um, and, and wins this game against the, the antagonist who is who is at constant odds with him. And, and it's he's a very comical but evil guy in this film, and, and, uh, and he has some very epic scenes. Um, I can't think of any of the actors' names right now, so please excuse me. I'm very sorry about that. I, I could pull out um, some of the actors, but they're all they're all really uh, relics of of the genre and and the um, uh, the movie itself because it, it just it, it's it's about something larger. So I, I honestly can't recall seeing anyone in that movie on anything else. Um, yeah, on it. 
including black exploitation. I think the reporter and the antagonist, I think, are the only two that I recall being in something else. But other than that, everyone is this is like their one and done. This is almost like their their only claim to fame, if you will. Um, and, and if that's wrong, and I'm sorry about that, but uh, I haven't seen them in anything else. So, but. There's some images in the film that make me realize that Sun Ra was way more into uh, into returning black people to their original place than than I previously thought. Um, and and one of the images that sticks out in my head is uh, that of him driving down the boulevard with uh, a reporter, the reporter who I mentioned, um, talking, asking him questions, and he has this garb on, and he it's very Garvey-like, that iconic Garvey picture. If you just Google an image of Marcus Garvey, you'll see that image of him in the convertible car where he is uh, dressed up in military garb and with the nice top hat. And, uh, and I think Sun Ra recreates this. And it's just a beautiful image and something that I think is very powerful, a powerful statement of what the movie is meant to be. I suggest you watch this movie um, high or inebriated in whatever, <laughs> whatever drug of choice you have. I, I wouldn't say any drug of choice, I guess. Like cocaine, I'm not a big advocate of uppers, but like any type of psychedelic would be cool, I suppose. Um, apart from that, I, I think that, um, that is my time and I, I, I don't want to uh, take up too much time here. It's been great talking to you today, this week. I hope that you check out all of the stuff that I mentioned. If you missed anything, rewind it back, play it again, and remember to always stay cool. I'm out. Peace.